Hello everyone, this is Bhupender Singh and I hope you are all doing well. I'm simply blissed out as I bring a series of these podcasts which are actually my live conversations on Wisdom app. I wanted to pass on the learnings the coming together of beautiful minds with different backgrounds, with different experiences from different parts of the world. If you are seeking happiness, if you are seeking to add value to your life and also in the community you live in and also to this world, you have come to the right place. You don't want to miss series of these podcasts. There are golden nuggets in here. Nuggets of wisdom. Enjoy this episode and don't forget to listen to other episodes. Happy listening. Hello, Wisdomers, fellow Wisdomers. This is uh, Bupender, and I'm back with another talk. And I have titled this talk, The Art of Forgiveness. There are different ways we look at forgiveness. And I will raise three fundamental questions. Why forgive? Who to forgive? And how to forgive? I think in terms of the why, we all clear that when we don't forgive someone, we hold grudges. We are actually isolating ourselves and creating separation in our relationships and when we are able to connect with people there is no separation life totally changes so how do we get to the point where we need to forgive we need to understand that first because if you honestly talk to people who even misbehaved, they will say, that was not my intention. That is not what I meant. That is not what I said. So does it mean that we all are interpreting the same behavior, same situation differently? You got to think about that for a second. Let me use an example here. Imagine there is a tree and there are two people standing in front of that tree. Person A is a carpenter who makes cabinets and other furniture from wood. And the person two is an artist who paints nature. Now, if I was to ask both of them, what do they see? And if they are honest, person A, which is a carpenter, he is actually looking at raw material for furniture. He doesn't see the tree. And he is probably looking at revenue. These are X number of tables I can make from this, or X number of chairs, and so on. So the tree is not there. Whereas the artist is looking at that object, in this case, a tree. What does the artist see? Artist is looking at different colors, the texture of the leaves and the different shades of green. And then he's looking at the trunk, all the minor details. But the object is same. 
Americans. So what differentiates these two people is what I call the interceptor, their intelligence. And that intelligence is calibrated based on the intention. So it means same behavior could be interpreted differently by different people. And that's what is actually happening in our world. And even when we notice between cultures, certain things are normal, whereas in other cultures, they could be offending. Now, here's our role, here's our part. So when someone misbehaves, what do we do? We store that information in the part of our mind called memory. Have you ever wondered how this information is stored? So this is very similar to me creating a picture, creating a persona, creating an image, creating a personality of the person based on their behavior. Say someone misbehaved, which happens, and they were not respectful, and we create a memory, we create a picture. And this picture is painted in not so pleasant colors. This picture is ugly. It's like a villain inside us, it's like a devil. So that picture is created inside us. I'm not endorsing anyone's misbehaviors, but I'm trying to elaborate and open up the possibility of going beyond such behaviors. So then I paint a picture of that person who misbehaved. Of course, in that moment, when there was disrespect towards me, it caused me pain. There is no uh, um, doubt about that. The pain was felt. But what happens after that? Now this person is gone. It's been two days, 10 days, 10 weeks. And that picture we are looking at when we are sitting with ourselves. It's not a pleasant picture. It's like hanging a not so pleasant picture in our living room. So who's looking at that picture? Me. And how do I feel when I look at that picture? Not so good. So why did I paint that picture and why did I hang that in my house inside me? And looking at that picture causes something else, which I call suffering. Pain happened in that moment. Suffering is replaying that memory over and again, over and again. This suffering is optional. This suffering is optional. And what we need to do is, we need to take down that picture. We keep the lesson. We don't forget what we learned, but we can get rid of that picture. Otherwise, that ugly picture, first, we need to forgive ourselves for drawing, making such a unpleasant picture, and then we keep looking at it. We are actually punishing ourselves. And it's ironic that we didn't do anything wrong. Someone else did something wrong. Are we being fair with ourselves to cause this suffering? I don't think so. So we are being disrespectful to ourselves. So what do we got to do? Forgive. Forgive who? Forgive ourselves for keeping that picture, not so pleasant picture, in our house, inside us. The second part, why we need to forgive, is 
creating such pictures, we use it for stereotyping people. These become our reactionary behavior. Say, if you, if a guy with a turban, just like the turban I wear, misbehave towards you, and then you create an image inside yourself that actually speaks, because this image, when you look at it, it talks to you. You can actually hear it talking to you, speaking to you. And someone, or maybe it's me, I come in front of you, but you had a picture of a person with a turban, with a beard, who looks like me, so what will be the reaction? What will be the conclusion or decision even before you talk to me? There's a highly big possibility that you will cast me in the same light and you will miss the opportunity to know me. So it means you are actually not meeting me, you are actually meeting the person that is within you. So you miss that opportunity to be present and have that great conversation, but you can't because that picture is talking to, talking to you louder than what I'm saying. And if you observe your mind even now in this given moment, it is talking to you. And when your mind is talking to you, which is more close to you, we are not able to listen to what others are saying. So that's in the downfall of creating these not-so-pleasant pictures within us. This becomes the cause of stereotyping. So we need to forgive ourselves for causing this suffering to ourselves, for punishing ourselves for someone else's behavior. The other disadvantage of having these not-so-pleasant pictures is a lot of people say they cannot sit with themselves. Meditation is almost impossible for them. What really happens when we sit with ourselves? When we go inside, not that we are trying to go inside us, but natural, we hear our mind talking. And within this mind is the memory. And memory is where we go as attention. Our ability to pay attention by default goes into our memory. And then when it goes in there, what happens? These pictures start talking. And we don't like what these pictures are saying. And when there are so many pictures, it's like a movie. And this movie starts playing. And we are at discomfort, uneasiness, and we right away dial phone, turn on the TV, or do something else. If your house in your own house, you cannot sit with yourself. There's no other place for you in this world. So we need to clean our house. This is where we spend most of the time. So forgiveness means we have to let go. We have to forgive ourselves for first painting these pictures with some ugly colors, and second, keeping those pictures in our house, and then we're causing ourselves discomfort, anxiety, unable to meditate. And for this reason, majority of the people are not able to sit down with themselves, which we call meditation. And it takes us away from our core, from our true self, we cannot go inside. And that's where we as attention and the uh, 
eastern word is dhyan, dhyana. It remains outward. We are always seeking something. We want to be busy. We we, we almost choosing to be doing something without the need to do something. So, let us be respectful to ourselves. Let us not paint any new pictures moving forward and let's start cleaning our own house because we live here. This is where we spend most of the time. And I can take it a step further. The dreams are nothing but these permutation and combination of this information I call pictures in our memory. And when they connect in some very strange manners, these are the thoughts and we like, what is happening here? So this warehouse, where so much information is there, which is also called karma in Eastern philosophy, because it becomes the root of our action. We are not doing anything new. In fact, we go into fear because the moment we see something outside of us that matches what's inside us, and if you had a bad experience right away, what happens? We try to avoid it. But the opposite is also true. If we had a pleasant experience with a person and they look a certain way and we paint a picture, but then we run into another person who just looks like them. Guess what happens? We fall for them. And then after some time we say, man, this person was good. No, you had no clue. You went based off your memory. You established a relationship based on your past. And this is also a trap. So essentially, we need to, instead of reacting, learn how to act. And to act, we need to be present. We need to be able to listen. We can only listen when our mind is listening. When we as mind are quiet. What that means? We are here in this moment. And when we are present, that's the greatest gift you can give to someone. So I hope you like this uh, conversation. I do see a guest here, uh, and looks like it says they're waiting to join. How do I let them in? I think it's Miss Merrily, so let's see. Yep, countdown begins. Three, two, one. <laughs> Hello, Bupinder. Is, is that how you say your, your name? Yeah, Bupinder, you got it right. And All right. Miss <laughs> Merrily, right? Miss Merrily, that's right. Well, we've never had a conversation, so I, I thought I would join you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, the art of forgiveness is such an important topic. Absolutely, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought I'd come on here and and give you some soft pitches so we can get into a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm here to listen. So uh, uh, please go okay, ahead. So let's let's get down to some brass tacks here. How do we forgive? Like, let's say our um, spouse cheats on us. What do we do? I'm going to ask the question: Who do we forgive? If, I, I don't know if you heard my whole conversation. I did. I've been on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's about me painting that person in a totally negative image. That's one part which causes suffering. And the way I look at it, if someone is, someone cheats, right? Yeah. I see that as a weakness. Okay. I all, I, I see that as a weakness. I see that as a flaw. I call it the mind-body being weak. It's not strong enough because it knows what is the right thing. So how do you treat a person who is, say, if you're a doctor, if you're totally healed, 
and the other person, when physically they are sick, means their body is not able, right? A doctor mm-hmm. doesn't yell. A doctor doesn't scream. They actually treat that person. You accept that behavior, but then you work through it. If they are open to it, but most of the people are not open to it. But why would I cause pain? That's the bottom line. Why would I cause pain for someone's misbehavior? That's not fair to me. Why would I carry those thoughts that trouble me? So that's my take. So essentially I'm saying, if we are aware, if we are alert, which I was not many years back, but I'm at a point, so it might not hold true for everyone, right? It is more about forgiving myself. And I say, someone asked me once, how do you forgive yourself? I never talk about forgiving others. I know I'm not perfect. I was not perfect. And I don't expect everyone to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, I look at more in terms of, do I need to punish myself? For this person's behavior. So are you advocating uh, letting go of the betrayal? Letting go, what do you mean by that? Well, I said, you know, I just gave the example of a spouse uh-huh. cheating. So if a spouse cheats on you, are you advocating just letting go of the betrayal? Yes. Let, let them go because the very guilt will is punishing them. So, okay, so just so I understand, you're, you're not saying let them go, but you're saying let go of the action, the betrayal. When you, when, when you are in a place where you are totally healed, they can't stay with you. Right. They will not be able to face you. You don't even have to say a word because they know in the true consciousness what they say. But when we start uh, st- sort of yelling and screaming, it gives them the opportunity to cast us because we are also falling right? Mm. What I'm trying to say is we simply phrase their actions sort of be the mirror, right? Um, Explain. Because a person will have million justifications for their behavior. Yes. Don't even give them the opportunity. Right. So you're saying to walk away. Be the mirror. Walking away sometimes could be out of uh, 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 feeling that I have been not treated nicely, I can't face this person. What I'm saying is face the person, tell them what they did, and then I don't think walking away is an option. It depends what the other person is willing to do after that, where they come from, listen to them. Hmm. Okay, so I'm trying to understand. Let's see. So if, let's just say a a husband cheats on his wife and she's very hurt about it. And yes, you're right. He would come up with a bunch of excuses and rationalizations, et cetera, et cetera, right? To defend himself. And she's going to be hurt. So you're, you are saying that she should walk away or not walk away or how do you forgive the husband? What is, what should we do? Yeah, so I'm, again, focused on myself, uh, about forgiving myself. Who's causing me hurt in that moment? So you're suggesting that it's your perspective of the action that's causing you you pain. No, No, that person did deceive, no uh, disagreement about that. Now, if I paint that picture, the ugly picture, and I stay in this house with that picture, who's getting punished? Okay, so you're holding on to, but that, that is somebody's truth though, right? That is the truth. But does that ugly picture help us? But we can't live in denial, right? No, the picture is there, but so I call one was pain. What happened in that moment? Then I'm repeating that. I keep looking at the same picture that I painted, right? I don't know. Was it was it the wife who painted the picture, or was it the husband? <laughs> okay, she so it? so who who owns the thoughts you have? Is it you or someone else? Well, we own our own thoughts, but exactly. because we're interacting with other people and we have commitments with other people, 
there is a level of loyalty that we expect from that commitment. Correct. So when we're, we're betrayed, you know, we can't live in denial because that would never remedy the pain. No, we accept the facts. I'm not saying we're not accepting. We are not saying nothing happened. It is okay until then. Then what's the next step? You break the relationship or you, what I'm saying, show them the mirror. This is what you did, but we are not able to do that. What do we do? We react. When we react, it gives the other person to give silly excuses. So instead of forgiving, it becomes something else. Forgiving means accepting the facts the way they are and not reacting to it. Okay, so then if give us an example of being the mirror. Being the mirror is essentially state what were your expectations and what this person did and what are you experiencing in this moment. So uh <laughs> my truth is that you cheated on me, right? And my mm-hmm. expectation was you were going to be loyal to me because you made a commitment to me. And mm-hmm. now I'm feeling really hurt and betrayed. Yeah. So what can that person do now? Nothing. Nothing. So who's going to heal me? I have to heal myself. I right. have to forgive myself after that point because I trusted someone. But when the situation arose a dimension of theirs that I never knew existed, all of a sudden it manifested. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's what happens. So here's, here's a caveat. When we start off any relationship, we paint that person in a certain persona. We carry these checklists. We say, oh, this person is great. We really don't know. We don't know. We don't know until that person is put in the situation. And this is my truth. It's not mm-hmm. that I don't trust people. I expect unexpected from anyone mm-hmm. because when we are the mind, it is bound to, it is flawed. So this is a little off topic because we're talking uh-huh. about forgiveness, but do you think that there are, um, there are ways to discern people's uh, character before making that commitment to avoid this pain? <laughs> you cannot know what that, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a risk we take in relationships, right? It, there's no way to know how this person, even if, if, if someone was to ask me a question, what kind of person I am, what, what I'm going to tell them? I'm the greatest person, right? But when I'm put in the situation, I could be totally different. Like someone asked me once, do you fear death poop in there? I said, I'm not going to answer this question. Two reasons. It's a hypothetical question. And I have not faced the death. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so there is no way to know fully a person. For me, based on my experiences, uh, what I have learned, I expect the unexpected even from the people who are cast in the best light. And so many examples in our society. So many examples. Mm-hmm. I'm running out of time. It's going to cut me off. You can, you can. Yeah, thanks for, uh, joining, but I think the time went pretty quick and we really couldn't finish the whole dialogue. But please uh, jump in, jump back if you, uh, uh, Miss Murley, uh, if, if you like to add more, because I think we were still uh, uh, talking here. Oh, back here. Three, two, one. Here we go. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> yes, sorry. I think the time just flew by. Yes, it does. We didn't get to wrap up. So, so I'm going to step back for a moment. So I was looking at this. If, if you heard my whole talk, I was looking at this in a very different fashion, right? Yes. So depending where you start, stand, right? What I'm talking about requires a lot of interception, a lot of reflection, where I totally understand myself. My whole point is, first, before entering a relationship, I need to know who I am. So if you, if you really do feel that you know who you are, do you think it's easier to understand others? So the way uh, I, I will speak from my experience, 
I had many experiences in, in my life. There was pain and all that stuff. And when I say know myself, what I really mean is not my physical body, my actual mind, right? Be able to observe my mind. And honestly, I can say, I said it to my mother, my wife, I said, there's not even a single person in this world who I liked all the time. And that's my reality. And tell me a person in this world who has liked someone else all the time. They never had a thought of dislike towards the other person. So once, so what mm -hmm. I'm trying to say here is you leave two people for 24 hours. They could be siblings or any relationship. At some point, there will be a repulsion just because someone moved a spoon in a certain fashion or did something that they did not expect, right? So well, what I'm, we, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. What I'm trying to do is, this is me knowing myself. This is accepting my reality. What I'm trying to say is, I'm not the physical body. I might be the most attractive guy, and if someone is establishing their relationship based on my appearance, they don't know me. To, for me to know someone, I have to know me, means I have to know my mind, and our minds operate in the same fashion. And, and I'm speaking based on experience. That's why I say I expect the unexpected. I'm open that things could go either this way or that way. I have two children. Um, they're in their 20s. They have done so many things. And it's sort of, yeah, they're going to do it. But it doesn't mean I'm going to accept it as it is. I'm going to guide them. I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to warn them. Right? Yes. To your point about, um, you know, petty things like the silverware and things like that. Yeah. You know, a lot of that comes from being raised with the idea of character. So if we are not raised with a foundation, then we relegate to personality. And that's when we have personality conflicts. And that's when we don't know who we are and we don't know how to discern others. And we get ourselves in this hamster wheel of trouble because we don't understand how be people behave, what characteristics will tip us off to show mm -hmm. us exactly what's coming. Yes, because we, as you said, we are a product of the environment. We have mm -hmm. to go beyond this conditioning. That is our true self. Let mm -hmm. me give you an example of, I, I tell my daughter, I was actually talking at a sorority of 30 girls at a, uh, where she used to go to school. You know, the uh, Rose, if you go to Myers, I don't know, in Michigan, we have Myers or any store. If you buy a Rose, I call that Rose is fake. What the fakeness means is they're not thorns with the Rose you buy in the store. The real Rose that you get from the bush comes with thorns. So now, this is how we are conditioned. So I told my daughter, if someone gives you, a boy gives you a rose and then says, I will keep you, for, keep you happy for your whole life, run away. It's not true. They cannot keep you happy for your whole life. You have to choose to be happy. Two, yes. two lies. The rose is not real. It's symbolic, right? No thorns, no pain, no conflicts. It's not real. But mm -hmm. if I say, I will be happy in this relationship, I will be at my best instead of putting the expectations out to the someone, now that's different. Now I'm accountable and I can manage myself instead of trying to manage someone else. But even when we make a commitment to ourselves and we are responsible for our own happiness. We slip. <laughs> well, <laughs> what I was going to say was we we are not responsible for the words and behaviors of our partner or anybody else. No, so they will inevitably let us down. So if if I'm in a relationship with this person, you know, how how am I supposed to function if I'm if my commitment is to be happy, am I supposed to just, you know, frost over it? No, you give them a chance, right? That's where we, we have the option to walk away if this person is, is stuck in this same behavior and they take us for granted. We go, we got to step up. 
Okay. So then, so where do we draw the line with forgiveness? It depends who you, who you ask, how much tolerance <laughs> you have and how much marinated you are. If you know your core, mm-hmm. I have seen, I, I know couples where this uh, wife knew the husband was cheating. Yeah. They said, it's your choice what you're doing. I'm giving you six months. If you think you are worthy of this relationship, come home. Otherwise, you're not welcome here. Mm-hmm. That's powerful, right? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> what, not in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, because in my mind, it's like, why did you wait six months? Why are you giving an ultimatum? Why can't you open the door and leave? Why can't you take control of your own life? That's other choice. Yeah, I'm that's well, it's example. conditional. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, conditional. it's conditional. A lot of times yeah. we give our power over to somebody else by giving them conditions or ultimatums. And ultimatums never work. No, they don't work because, and again, the person has to work on themselves. They have to commit to themselves. What I'm trying to see is when we enter a relationship, if we, uh, uh, there's a code of ethics, right? I'm not denying that. But if we go in with expectations that this person will always be nice to me, I don't (laughs) know if that will hold true all the time. But then this extreme, we're talking about extreme case, right? Where they Yeah. So it it depends what is is case by case. In this instance, depending upon that person, they can walk away. Yeah. Right? That's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting perspective, you know, that we can't expect somebody to be nice to us all the time. And it's like, why are we accepting that perspective or, you know, or just relegating to, well, eventually they're not going to be nice to me. I think if we were all raised properly in, in the umbrella of understanding what love is, the pureness of love, the behavior of love, mm-hmm. all the elements, and we held ourselves accountable, then we can definitely count on this person not hurting us. So that's a perfect world, right? Yes. But we, based on what my experiences and so many people I know, that perfect world does not exist and in this given moment. And that's what we need to work towards. Right. And it's not, we're not going yeah, we're not going to get to that perfect world unless each one of us commits to it. Correct. And where does the commitment start from? From me. Yeah. I'm not waiting for someone else to make a commitment to me. I'm going to hold myself to that. And when that's my power and that starts with loving myself. True. But do, do you think that everybody has their own idea of what loving themselves means? Absolutely. Yeah. So then if we're all, <laughs> yeah, if we all have our own code of ethics and we all have our free will, and we all have our idea, how are we ever going to come together? We can come together once we know who we are. And I will very quickly say it. It's only a few seconds. We are not this physical body. So when love, if we are standing at the level of the physical body, it has one meaning. At the level of mind, it's a different meaning. But we transition beyond it. The love has a totally different meaning. So we are all at different points in our journey. Right. And I'm going to run out of time. So just one last question. Um, what if, what is I love you mean to you? What is your definition? I accept you the way you are in this given moment. Interesting. I'm, I'm not going to look at your flaws. I'm going to look at your good attributes. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I appreciate this conversation with you and letting me on a couple. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, I think we have, we, we have one more guest, but thanks Merle for joining and thanks for sharing your thoughts and It seems like we could talk about this forever, but the bottom line is we need to become what we expect others to be, and that's where the journey starts, and that's where we can transform this world. And I do see... uh, Hello, it's Liliana. How are you? Good, good, Liliana. Thanks for uh, joining. I'm uh, on a walk, so it's hard for me to read on my phone. (laughs) Sorry about that. No problem. Um, I, I just wanted to jump in. I, I, I was listening to the tail end of your conversation with Marilee, Miss Marilee. Um, yeah. And, you know, when she asked about forgiveness, if someone 
was, you know, cheating or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't know what the whole situation is, but you know, you can forgive and walk away. So how, how, how do you define forgiveness? What's forgiveness for you? Forgiveness to me is to, to decide to be whole, to decide to, um, forgive someone that, you know, someone who's done you wrong, you can, um, you know, connect with them, be whole with them. But at the same time, you can, if you choose to walk away in a relationship, um, walking away does not mean that you haven't forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, and there comes a time where, where you may need to do that. You know, yes. that's the case. I mean, it, you know, there comes a time where you, you have, you know, uh, been either been in a relationship and, and, you know, some, you know, someone betrayed, for instance, which is what Mary Lee was talking about. Um, sure. and, you know, you decide to continue on with the relationship, forgive and continue on with the relationship. And then if it continues to happen, you can still forgive and not continue with the relationship. Okay. So, so that's what we were talking about. Everyone is different and sometimes walking away has certain stakes, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's not like a one, uh, a solution for everyone. That's Correct. what I hear, right? Yeah. And it's also your ability to forgive. Not everyone is able to forgive, right? Some people suffer longer than others and vice versa. Right. Yeah. But the point I was making initially, I don't know if you heard that. I was saying pain is the truth. When someone does that in that moment, that's the truth. That's the fact. But after that, when we keep going over that same story in our head, I call it suffering. So if someone, someone did something wrong, I'm actually punishing myself by being in that pain over and again. Yes. Once I, so my point was, I need to forgive myself for causing myself pain. I'm not saying in the, out of denial, not ignoring. But when I keep repeating and I'm stuck in this circle. Yes. Then the next person I'm going to see in the same light. That's right. And then it's like a domino impact. Yes. One failed yes. relationship after the second one. So my point was, let me forgive myself first. Let me not suffer. Yes. And then I'm in my power. I can face that person now truthfully. And Don't give them excuse or take their BS. Because when we react, then things go off tangent. Right. Right. So that was my take. Yeah, I mean, it certainly has a lot to do with, like, when I think of forgiveness, it does have a lot to do with me um, yes. a- approaching a situation and letting go of all that pain and choosing to let go of all that pain and releasing people from that hold um, or, or for releasing that situation from having a hold on me. Um, exactly. Certainly, um, that is certainly true. Uh, but I, I did, I did want to jump on and say that you can forgive someone and still walk away. It doesn't mean that walking away does not mean that you haven't forgiven. Good point. That makes sense. So, and, and I'm with you in terms of, uh, uh and then, uh, the conversation went on where it was about, um, is there any guarantee that someone will not go <laughs> go off their commitment and i was <laughs> essentially saying i said based on my personal experiences i would not expect because you know how they say given that situation the person will be different versus when you're sitting with them having coffee right right you can right. because we are we are asking hypothetical questions the answers are hypothetical and i was right. using the analogy of a rose without thorns we buy from the store i was telling my daughter if someone offers you that rose without the thorns and says, I'll keep you happy for, for your whole life, right. it's not going to happen. 
Right. And, and, you know, we have to look at ourselves as well. Um, I mean, that's a high expectation to have on someone. Um, but we have to look at ourselves. Have we failed? Um, and, and certainly if we can, if we can say we've never failed, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, then, then that's an in, incredibly important person or, or an anomaly of, of nature because we've all failed in our commitment, exactly. some kind of commitment. And so, um, that, that, expectation is unrealistic um you know but to walk walk into a relationship with both agreeing to do our you know our very best to hold up to um you know an agreement to hold up to this commitment then that's that's important that's important and and what happens in the future happens i mean i i've been married for 30 years and i'm i'm about to i'm experiencing you know going through a divorce and i never Mm -hmm. thought that would happen i didn't go in there you know thinking that um and so Anyway, so, 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 so it looks like it's the experience that helps us grow. You just yes. said 30 years of marriage. Yeah. I actually went through a divorce, but I remarried my wife again. Yeah. I've, I've know, heard that happen. I've heard that happen. <laughs> you know, and what you were pointing to right here was I actually started writing down one day when everything was clean, I could move on to the next person. I said, Bupinder, what really happened here? I started writing at seven in the morning. I will write down the truth. It was my expectations that were not met. That was the bottom line. Mm-hmm. It was 7 p.m. in the evening. I, I wrote it. I will erase it because I didn't want to see that part of myself. Right. So I said, this is not right. Yeah. So I called her. And, uh, the, and the children were supposed to be dropped off next day. I said, why don't you come with the children? She goes, what about all the disputes and the problems between us? I said, the real problem was not with you. I had a problem with myself. I will sort that out. Mm-hmm. And it's been 10 years now. Um, and it's been wonderful. We redefined some ground rules. For example, support. There's one definition of support. If someone says something to my wife in a group of people, I'm supposed to punch that guy. I'm just giving an extreme example, right? <laughs> Go, Bupinder. <laughs> so, so I said, okay, let's redefine support. Right. Support is empowerment. What if I'm not there? How would you handle that situation? Let's empower each other. I will, you work on yourself. I work on my, myself. We support each other in this right. work. Right. And, and, and we can see we both have grown where that dependency has turned into more of collaboration. Right. 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 Beautiful. And, and it, it totally changed my life. Um, and even these talks I did, all that happened when I went through the spin. Beautiful. Beautiful. In that moment, I was cringing. The whole world is coming at me. Everything is falling apart. I didn't like anyone. But once I made that decision, and there was one person in my life, I said, I had this thought. I, I want to execute this, but I'm very afraid. Will you support me? Mm. This person said yes. I love so it. That's, that's the kind of support we need. I said, I have this very beautiful thought. It's like I'm in a dream, as you were saying. I, I said, these are the people I hung out with. Mm-hmm. I love them. Am I in a dream that we are separated now? What's really happening here? I don't know which one is true. But then I mm-hmm. thought, then the thought came when I started writing that day. It was like good 10 hours. I was trembling within myself. I said, Bupinder, you are doing something out of your unrealistic expectations. Your intention of changing someone to conform to your vision of life, how the life should be. Why don't you let it go? It was very hard, but honestly, the most nicest thing I've done to myself. So it looks like uh, it was 10 minutes over, uh, and I I missed when you were leaving, and uh, for uh, sorry, I, I, I didn't say goodbye, but thanks for joining, and thanks for asking those questions and your thoughts. And I will invite any other guest who likes to join at this point. Um, if not, I will be 
wrapping up this talk um, in a moment, moment or two. So in a nutshell, um, looks like forgiveness has different definition for different people. But the key takeaway I have is when I go through these bad experiences, I respect myself. It means I acknowledge the emotions and feelings I go through. And I don't, I'm not in denial, but I try not to suffer. It means not, not try to replay that scene in my head whereby I'm suffering silently. So I call suffering is optional when I have forgiven myself and it's a different choice. Physically, we want to separate or not. It depends on the person, where they are and what's at stake. But we all have the options on the table. And the big part about the forgiveness, why it's important is because once we store this toxic information or this unpleasant image in our mind, and when we meet the next person, we seeing through this picture, we seeing through these colors, and we miss to see what is out there, we actually see what we have seen in the past. And that can lead to these uh, uh, domino impact of chronic, chronic uh, uh, failed relationships. So we've got to be careful that we are totally, uh, uh, I call it healed, where those suffering has ended before I move my, make my set, uh, next move. And then the question was asked, what does I love you mean? Uh, so that for me was, I expect you, uh, I, I, I accept you the way you are in this go given moment, and I will not look at your flaws. I will rather look at your attributes, the things that make me happy. So with that said, thank you everyone for listening, and I will be back later with another talk.